0: listening to inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton
1: and Katie Van Horn.
0: Happy Monday. We're recording on whoop. Monday. Whoop, whoop. Uh, this is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. And this is the inclusive <laughs> AF podcast coming to you with a round two, we'll call it uh, V2. I don't even know what we, episode I will. I won't call it episode two because we've had about sixty or seventy episodes. I don't even know what episode <laughs> we're on. Um, but V two of our friend Elena Joy Thurston. She is joining us today to have some fun. So Elena.
1: Welcome. Well, thank you. So happy to be here. This is fabulous.
2: <laughs> We've missed you. We're so glad. You. Yes,
1: thank you. You guys were my first like I had this new thing going on and I was like, I got to talk to Jackie and Katie first, like, this yes, is, yeah. we love that.
0: We love that. We love that. So uh, what's new? What's been going on? How are things uh, since the last time we recorded with you any um, well, first of all, how's the family? Let's start there.
1: Ooh, family is good. Family is good. I have my second oldest is graduating this year and he is like, not about it. I just found out he didn't order his <laughs> cap and gown. Like, oh, I know he doesn't want to go to graduation. I'm forcing him to walk at graduation. He is student body president, y'all. Uh-uh. Yes, and so finally we had a sit down last night and he was like, mom, I didn't go to school for a year and a half. I don't feel like a senior. I didn't get a high school experience. I'm not ready to be done and move on, but everyone's telling me I need to be and Mm. I need to move on. Mm. And it's just like, oh, honey. Well, if if you need them, I have TJ's.
2: Graduation notes that are still on his bed where he left them, <laughs> and you can just use a marker. I mean, that's reduce, reuse, recycle. It's almost Earth Day. <laughs> Let's just celebrate through that. Because what do right. you do with old graduation notes? Nothing. <laughs> <That's laughs> right. I'm gonna send him out when he graduates from college. That's what I'm there gonna do. Go. I'll just do <laughs> it. <laughs> Same card, right?
0: Graduating um, from something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jackie has a graduate coming up too. I don't know if you know. Yes. This. Oh my God. Literally. So Katie
2: and I got to spend some time last week. I'm like on the plane, or it was like the day before I was gonna leave, and I'm like, hey, I see this thing, and it's like
0: 28 days left, and I'm like i said katie running in the house and she's (laughs) like uh i am not ready right now for this business uh so
2: clay is graduating yes clay is graduating college with a math degree
1: wow
2: So we can ship them off to
0: nyc yeah they already have a job yeah secured they are rocking it Oh and such exciting stuff. So I, I like that I like helping with the announcement as if
1: <laughs> No, Auntie Katie
0: can, <laughs> but actually it's kind of relevant to what we're gonna be
2: talking about today because if you don't mind me sharing, I yeah. was looking clay is on LinkedIn and it's Clay Clayton and on their um on last week on um, they had posted uh something that I thought was really special and it said that please hold scrolling scrolling <laughs> and <laughs> they said it was said like, the dance you do when you're in your last semester and you swamped with exams but you get around to updating your resume with your preferred name and pronouns. It is so refreshing to know that as I evolve into an amazing and intelligent trans non-binary individual, the stigmas and culture of STEM industries is following suit, ensuring that people like myself and so many others can share a passion for changing the world through tech in a self and safe and welcoming environment. And then said, P.S., you can find my super fresh resume in the featured section of my profile because they're my kid. So, I mean, what do you do, But I I mean, it just goes to show you, I mean, it's part of kind of what we're going to end up talking about some of the things that you are doing moving forward and having a trans non-binary kid, that's always your biggest with all of your kids, whether it's like, you know, make sure you take a tissue and you're covering your mouth and you're washing your hands and you just want them to be safe in this world.
1: right? Right. That's right. You want them to be safe and they are really guiding the way on how we're going to find that safety and find that success in this next 25 years. Like it is our Gen Z kids that are gonna figure it out and guide the way for us. Thank goodness, because we need yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes.
0: Well, yes. I think it, it harkens back to, you know, our first conversation when you joined us of just, you know. This constant evolution that you've gone through and are still going through, sure. and I think this is the piece that is so—I'm going to say—fun. Obviously, there are definitely bumps and bruises and a lot of things that have occurred, but also just the fun of like coming into yourself, mm. and you know, and I—I I think you know, for for Jack and I, we have watched uh, you know as you are evolving and as you are you know kind of coming into yourself even more than you were the last time we talked it's just so cool and so fun for us personally um so thank you for for allowing us to kind of share in your journey but you have some exciting stuff coming up that you uh you, you want to talk about and we're excited to to share this platform
1: share on this platform
0: um so What you got for us?
1: Yeah. So it's this new concept I've been developing and I'm starting to get booked for keynotes on it, which is so exciting because people are finding value in it, because that's how all of my talks start is like little snippets that I put on Instagram or TikTok or LinkedIn. Right. And then when I realize, oh, this resonates like people want. This is what's needed. Okay, so let's go down that path. So for myself, I hired an assistant, uh, they are now our director of operations with the Pride and Joy Foundation, and they are a non-binary person. And they entered into my world as a non-binary person, right? So that transition didn't happen. I just saw them as non-binary. Um, and I've never had that before. And I'm, I'm sure that Jackie can definitely contribute to this conversation. Having a trans non-binary person in your life changes the way you think about almost everything (laughs) right and it started with pronouns because my assistant is six feet tall really pretty features right so physically their face is very pretty and they have this long beautiful gorgeous hair right so of course everyone misgenders them calls them she her all the time and i loved Before I even understood like the gender binary and what does it really mean to be non binary, what I got real quickly was that when I advocated for them, when they didn't have to advocate for themselves and correct someone else in the meeting, right? When I could do that for them, like, it was like giving them a big hug right through the zoom call like it was massive to see how that affected them so i was like i can do this i can't pay them as much as i want to pay them but i can certainly advocate for them so that really got me thinking like really what is this non-binary thing and how how is it connected to trans where is it on the gender spectrum right and i realized that the binary is when we think about gender it is male versus female and if you're not male you're female if you're not female you're male right it's just one or the other but quantum computing is really influencing the way we're thinking about the world because it's showing us that two things that are polar opposites like zero and one can exist in the same place at the same time right so we're now applying that thinking to all different kinds of ways and one of the ways is gender right so it's not um well some days i'm male and some days i'm female or i grew up male and now i'm presenting as female like it's actually not that it's actually outside of that binary it is non-binary right so then i started thinking like how does that apply to my life and how can i open that up and i realized there were so many ways that i thought this is right and this is wrong And I took that thinking, which really came from my Mormon background. I mean, one of the big things that they say in Mormonism and that I said for a long time is there is one true church. There is one truth, right? And I was taking that thinking into how I was interacting with coworkers and to everything and realizing now, like, oh, there's just nuance. And I came into my sexuality even thinking, like, if you're not for me, you're against me. Right. If you're not fighting for my rights, then you're against my rights. Like I really had that binary like really strongly in place. And the more I could like loosen that up, the more I could like one problem solve two be innovative, three, connect authentically to people, because now all of a sudden because I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there, especially women like myself, who went through a period of you're a white straight man. I have nothing to say to you, (laughs) right? Like there is that you are one person and I don't even want to interact with you. I, I know I went through that and it wasn't helping me in any way, shape or form. So the more I was able to recognize that when these red flags were popping up, either in my professional life, in my personal life, it was based on binary thinking. And the more I could break that down and apply non-binary thinking, the more success and fulfillment that I found in my life. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> I can appreciate
2: that. And I remember um, Clay, you know, being a math major and calling me and being like, Mom, I selected math because I knew exactly what I was doing. But did you know, one could be point nine 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 or 1.0111111 but we just call it one like there's <laughs> no such thing as one like it's infinite and i was like uh right no because i'm not a math major but (laughs) understood where they were coming from it's the same thing with colors like you can't just Mm -hmm. say brown or black and i think what's so important in thinking of it in terms of that is that a lot of times we just don't have the word for Mm -hmm. it right um you can look at the history of lots of things even colors you hear about different animals having different spectrums and Mm -hmm. we just call it green because that's all we can see but somebody else might have you know another name for it and so it exists we have to come up with the language and that's why it's so important what you're doing and sharing the language because now that we have the language for it okay then we can do that
1: right Mm -hmm. Right. And when we go into diversity in the workplace and thinking like, okay, what is diversity? Let's define it. And so many companies feel like, okay, diversity means we need to have a woman on the board. We need to have a person of color on the board. And if we're real lucky, we're going to have a person that's in a wheelchair on the board. And that's going to be what diversity looks like. Right. And when we open it up and a beautiful part of non-binary thinking is realizing it's not right versus wrong, its impact. Are you making are you having the impact that you want to make, and so is that diversity on your board is it having the impact that you want it to make it's not right or wrong. and straight white man who feels like i'm a jerk all the time if I open my mouth and i'm perceived as a jerk right it's not are you a jerk are you not right, it is that nuance of what is the impact that you're making and is it your binary thinking that's creating the impact that you don't want it to have? fair
0: yeah i think this is so you all Alina, i know you've met rowdy and obviously we've had rowdy duncan on uh the show before and he and i got into a conversation from the like from the perspective like indigeneity and the idea of the there is no binary and you have you know these two-spirited folks and some of these other things and so it's also the the reason why we have it's either this or that on so many levels is because as humans, we can't wrap our head around, it can be both, we have to categorize, we have to have things in a box that we can understand That's simple. And so I think that's part of it as well that you know, we're, you know, as we're talking about these things, it's also it's okay to not know, Mm -hmm. which again, you know, blows people's minds, and it's okay to have it be both. And it's okay, like it's OK to just have this be something that's undefined or have this be something that isn't labeled and easy to recognize. We can go. That's the thing. And that's what that is. Mm-hmm. And when you're especially thinking about like nature and, you know, the tree in the backyard that has a spirit that has whatever, you know, to it that creates life, all of these things kind of add up. And it, sorry, I'm like, I'm going off on I a know, tangent. Right? <laughs> It's all coming full circle right now, but it is that the we are so used to the labels and the having a box. that's either this or that. It's just it's very, very hard to slow down and go. Let's think about this a little bit. And what is the right thing and how do we approach this or how do we? How are we more inclusive? And I, I just love the whole idea of just that. What is the future of work and how are we going to think about this differently?
1: Right,
2: but you can learn. I don't want to say hard because like laying tile is hard. Like, True. this isn't that. It just is a, a reminder. And you need, it just needs practice, I think.
1: Right, it's because different. I agree, it's different. like our brains are wired in a certain way to want that organization. Like that is how the alphabet mafia, the LGBTQIA, like that's how that came up is because we wanted to categorize people. Which category, which letter are you? in right which silo and what's amazing is that gen z has completely reclaimed the word that we thought was absolutely horrible 20 years ago which is queer right they've completely renamed it and they've said there are no more silos gender is fluid sexuality is fluid if you're queer you're part of the family period which i find fascinating (laughs) And
2: you've gone through so much, you know, right? So you have your own journey where it's like, wait, what? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Right, and I think that's what's influencing work right now. Like what we're seeing a huge frustration level. If you think back like 10, 20 years, the big tension at work was the boomers and the millennials, right? That's what every HR article was about, was boomers struggling with millennials and the millennials struggling back and how do we resolve that? And what we're looking at in the next 10 years is Gen X and Gen Z. Right. So you have these Gen X women. I'm a young Gen Xer and it is we grew up with Sheryl Crow. We grew up with Alanis Morissette. We grew up with Sex and the City. Right. And so we were yelling, screaming, growling, doing whatever we needed to do to try to acquire that equity that we knew we were worthy of. We just didn't know how to get it. But it felt like if we try hard enough, long enough, we're going to get there. We're going to close the pay gap and the orgasm gap if we just have enough time to work on this problem right and then along comes gen z and a great example of them is Billie eilish this incredible singer right who early on in her career she's still a minor and she's about to explode and she's looking at what happened to her idols britney miley how sexualized they were as teenagers and she just opts out which is what all of Gen Z has figured out how to do. She opted out, meaning she chose an incredible fashion style that no one could tell what an amazing body she had, which meant that her sexuality had nothing to do with how she was promoted to her fan base and became a massive success by opting out of the struggle, which I think is fascinating. But what you have then is Gen Xers who have tried to win the struggle for so long And the Gen Zers are coming into the workplace, not caring about the struggle. They've opted out. And so there's that tension there that lies there. And without the non-binary thinking, it can't get resolved.
0: The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries
2: and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to The Jim Stroud Podcast. Well, and I think it also goes to, you know,
0: going back to kind of the what is diversity question or what what we all think of diversity, I think, especially for white women, it is the hey, there is this idea of like, oh, we made it. But then I was like, oh, no, we need to bring other folks along. And now it's the OK, how do we wrap our heads around this? Yes. And support folks in the right way, because we haven't done a good job of it in the past, to be clear. Right. And so how do we do it the right way as we think about this? and and. I love the idea of opting out because I think that's what some of this needs is just the, I'm not playing this game. And I mean, we all grew up in the era of you had to, well, if you just act more like a man, if you just emulate the men in the room, then you're gonna get ahead and it doesn't work. And we know it doesn't work and you can wear as many power suits as you want. That's not gonna be the thing. And so like the fact that this group of young people is finding their way in their own way, mm-hmm. is amazing. And like, and I, that's the part that I think is so cool is that we're kind of watching this somewhat from the sidelines going, holy crap, like this is <laughs> happening and they're doing this and this is amazing. And that's the part also, that I think is just, it's awesome. So I love that you're having this talk. So when are you like,
1: have you already done this talk? No not yet. Um okay. I've pitched it to a few different HR conferences in the fall okay. so I'm waiting to hear awesome. from them. But yeah, it's resonating a lot on social media which I find yeah. incredible. And the two groups that seem to resonate the most with it are the Gen Xers and the Gen Zers because you have Gen X like female managers saying, okay, I have this intern and I wanna give them all these opportunities. I created a women's leadership program and I wanna make sure that they get involved in that, right? Or there's a grant available out there for women, right? Like I wanna make sure that this next generation has that. And Gen Z is saying, I'm not a woman. And even if I identify that way, I don't want this assistance that you're giving me to my productivity because I actually don't care. right and it's so hard for gen x to wrap their mind around it and it's causing this crazy tension that we're trying to figure out how to resolve and we've got to figure it out because we have found that 30 percent of gen z is identifying as not strictly heterosexual like they won't even answer the question if you say check the box are you lgbtq right check the box The millennials will check the box, the gen Xers will check the box, the boomers will check the box, Gen Z just won't, they won't answer the question. So if you ask them are you strictly heterosexual 30% of them say no, and now what we're finding is 38% of them are identifying as either trans or non binary. So if we're looking at the future of work in the next 10 years, yeah, the the binary thinking is what's either going to crush us or the dismantling of it is what's going to open up all the creative solutions. You know, that,
2: that makes me think we had somebody who applied at our company last week or so and immediately sent me a note to let me know it was the first time that they could identify as their true selves on a job application. And we didn't have a job for them, but they wanted to still talk to us and keep us in mind because they felt like they could be their true selves. And I think part of what needs to be dismantled as we have this this conversation is the expectations and I think that's where some of this stuff lies, so if I do identify as women, that means this. Right. Mm -hmm, This means I have to be, I have to want children and I have to want to be married and I want somebody to take care of me and I don't want any of that, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to take care of anybody else either. Does that make me less of a woman? And does that make me a man? If I, but I don't want to take care of anybody else or whatever, Mm
1: -hmm. what do I do
2: if I just want to take care of myself and be my best self? Mm -hmm. Right.
1: And, and I think we have to figure out, allow people to be themselves. and and allow them space to figure out what themselves mean, right? Like, because of my assistant, I was able to say like, okay, I just kind of defaulted to woman, but am I? Like, I have the freedom and the space here to really consider that question and to experiment with not shaving my legs, right? Like that had never happened since I was 11 years old. (laughs) And to go six (laughs) months without shaving my legs really had me question like is this femininity and why and is this a part of womanhood that i want to retain and now when i go online and i say okay i'm elena joy my pronouns are she her that denotes that i identify as a woman i want to have like an asterisk to be mm-hmm. like this is i chose i looked at all the options And this is the option that fits me best right like it's not default it's not because it's assigned it is because i've explored everything and this feels really, really good to me. And I feel like I want to like open up those options to all of our gen Zers and all of our gen Xers can you imagine if everyone was able to like really question what parts of femininity and masculinity are truly a part of me and what has just been kind of assigned to me.
2: I think that I think we're seeing that a lot with religion as well. Ooh. We're starting to see where people are like, I need to figure this out and not just get it handed down because we're seeing what negative, dangerous lies that have been passed down that we have to break if we're going to come together in this world or in this country. And 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 at some point they're gonna have to break because there's just not enough room. Like you can't ask all the questions, right? <laughs> It'll just be like forever. And I'll like, be getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you man woman? Are you this age or that age? Are you do this or you do that? And it's like, what do you really want to know? because that, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not helping you
1: by answering those questions. Right? And I see that really coming in the recruiting side of it, right? Like if a job opens up or a job is created, right? And oftentimes what we default to is the perfect person for this job would have this type of degree and would have this many years of experience in this field, right? Whereas another way to approach it with less binary thinking is what kind of impact does the person in this position need to have? and have they proven that impact in the past
0: like that
1: opens it wide up right and allows us to truly value the end result that we're really looking for versus the check boxes
0: well and i think that's something that you know when you talk about performance reviews when you talk about looking at folks you know one of the the major you know kind of things that have held people back are those those biases that people hold. Mm -hmm. And if you just focus on performance outcomes, how are they living the values of the organization, whatever it might be, like whatever your criteria are, the more that you focus just on outcomes, not what is the role, here's the job description, here's whatever. Um, I've never been a fan of job descriptions, because a the minute you say, yes, this is done, it changes. But also because the fact that it can just be riddled with bias depending on who you're talking about and what's going on. And so, and it's also, as we know, outcomes haven't mattered in the past, truly, if we think about who has gotten the promotion, the leadership position, the this, the that, the other thing, outcomes has been fifth or sixth on the list. It's, you know, who's going out and having beers or who's fun in the office or whatever, you know, who's the son of whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so it, it is just interesting, the more we can focus on outcomes, but, but I go back to, and this is part of the issue too, is just the labeling. And that is where everyone, myself included, like gets stuck because it is a, you know, I mean, obviously, and Jackie and my world, you know, it is the, we need to track diversity. So how do you do that? If you're not put you know, putting people in a certain bucket to be able to track numbers and that kind of thing but also the labels, they are constantly evolving at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, like, and I'll give you a great example and Jackie and I were talking about this last week. So, you know, you have usually uh, when you're talking about race and ethnicity, you have, you know, white, Caucasian, Euros, you know, whatever you wanna call it. You have black, African-American, and then you have Asian. And Asian can mean, you know, however many different countries, however many different, you know, all of the different pieces, when you think Basically about the, ethnicity. A third of the world, <laughs> correct, correct, because you can be, you know, you know, Pacific Islander from Hawaii, from I'm, you know, Chinese, uh, in Indi- Eastern India and all of these different things, but it's Asian.
1: Right. And, you know,
0: and we were talking, you know, in an episode that is coming out shortly that, you know, as we t- talk about the, hate and the discrimination and the attacks on Asian Americans, the bucket that that also encompasses is huge, huge. And, and so again, how do you step back from that and go, how do we think about this differently? But also how do we change the minds of people to just, well, stop doing those things would
1: be one area,
0: (laughs) but also just to stop with the labeling and stop with the othering of people.
1: One of the nonprofits that I've worked with, I found it fascinating. They had started the nonprofit with the idea of they wanted a diverse board of directors. Right. And so that meant they went to the default. They looked for certain people of color. They looked for gender representation. They looked for ability representation. And then they realized that was creating a bias that they didn't want to have. And so they looked at what the impacts that they wanted to have, and they decided that the the diversity that they were going towards was for lived experiences they wanted the diversity of lived experience so regardless of what a person's skin color was or regardless of what their gender that they identified was they were asking what is your lived experience have you gone through. Right, it might be economic hard times it might be struggling through a chronic illness or a disability right and finding the way to live with that And, and they helped their board of directors see like we're homogenous not because of what is visible, but because our lived experiences are almost all exactly the same thing and so that's what we're looking for right. Yes. And
0: I, it is so fascinating because you have these lived experiences. And I think that's the piece also that the storytelling, You know, I love when we can sit down and just share stories and hear stories from different folks. And, you know, that's always the work that I love doing the most with different groups and not from a, Hey, give us the experience of all white women from Arizona. No. You know, I, it's more of the, just tell me what has occurred in your life. Tell me what your life story is. Tell me how you grew up, whatever that might be, whatever story they want to share. And the humanizing of people, when you do that, when you share Mm -hmm. those stories completely shifts the conversation and it's, I mean, we all know, you know, it's a lot harder to hate someone, you know, and you know, and so there is that piece. That's just when they're sharing stories, like what happens and how the energy in the room shifts, the energy, whatever you, it's just, it's so fascinating as well. So, I mean, this is the part too, that I think we're having young people that are sharing their stories and and not trauma stories. I don't mean like, but just sharing like their stories of here's where I am and why I'm thinking about this this way. And it's A, so much more advanced (laughs) and mature than (laughs) so many of us at our own, you know, at our ages. but there's also like the logic that they have gone through and, and truly thought about, here's why I'm not going to check a box. Here's why I'm going to do this thing, or here's how I'm evolving. And so Jackie, you know, sharing the, the post from clay. That's a great example of we're in a time that they're able to do these things and they're able to have this different experience that 10 years ago probably would not have been able, they wouldn't have been able to do five
1: years ago. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it is incredible to think about the company that gets to hire Clay and how they are going to break down problems and solve those problems are going to be a completely different experience than someone who lived a cisgender life. And I'm saying that as a cisgender person, right, they attack issues in a completely different way than I do. I separate them, I categorize them. I say, this is good and this is bad, and we're gonna get rid of the bad and that's gonna make the situation good. Whereas so many trans and non-binary people who grew up within that binary, but not living that binary can say, yeah, there is no good and bad there's just nuance and there's there's the good, the impact that we want to have and the impact that we don't want to have. Because so that, often they've experienced the impact that they didn't wanna have. I, You're
2: right, you're right. Sorry that I jumped in there, but oh. it goes to like people who really are doing the job of inclusion and belonging mm-hmm. understand that. And I think that is what always makes me sad when I do talk to someone who's like, oh, I'm a white middle-aged, guy, cisgender guy, like, you don't want to hear from me. No, I do want to hear from you. That's right. Um, Because I don't know what your experience is. And there's only been a handful of times that I can tell you that I've been brought to a conversation that I felt like, oh, my God, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I'm not. Oh, is this how people talk? It's like, yes, this is how white people talk when there's nobody black around. And I was like, holy crap, this is scary. Um, And I wouldn't have, like, access to that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have access to those things. Um, and I think that what is it being, that's part of the true self is being, feeling safe. We just, we have to create these safe environments for people to be able to bring that. Um, and people aren't changing who they are, they're changing where they are. That's how, you know, we try to put that together of where they, um, where they come, where they come to work. It's interesting because Clay has the the one burden of being working at Amazon next year, and then Ooh. the other part about being in New York City at the mm. same time. Um, but fully went through a whole thing. We'll talk about it one day over cocktails. Fully went through a whole thing. They they know who Clay is, except Clay for who they are that has already been done we've already gone over that with the people at amazon everything's thumbs up and they're about to go to work um but i think it's i just think like through time we start to see things different and i think i even talked about this the last time i bring it up all the time i don't know if anybody's taken me up on it i always say to watch 21 jump street like the new 21 jump street movie and how it was so funny when they went back and uh, um the guy the cool guy was trying to be all cool right? And being mean and he was being a bully and they were like oh my god like we don't nobody does that right and that was like the full generation that we were in yes and we're like what <laughs> I, mean, I remember talking to a, a hiring manager um at a company i worked at previously and i was like well we can like, like we could search for people and we want to have various voices let's make sure that we have a uh, representative lgbtq tia plus ellipsis ellipsis let's make sure that we have all these people and it's like well i don't think anybody wants to be identified i don't want to call somebody out for being gay i'm like okay don't bring out somebody who's like fully in the closet that hasn't come good idea let me right. talk about these other people like it's fine for them to identify in this way um and bring people who are willing to talk about these topics that have so much to add those are the people that we want to talk to and it's like they couldn't get past that like they just
1: were taught like this is good this is bad this is right this is wrong
2: I'm very much worried point.
1: that our white cis population is moving towards okay there's a right way to talk to people of color and I'm going to figure out the right way and then i won't be a jerk right it's like that no. if you want to if you want to no. put the sound bite it's just not it's not, not. and it's also it creates It makes diversity, equity, inclusion not sustainable. It's the reason why we have so many advocates in the DEI community burning out. It's the reason why we have ERG groups that are not working and not lasting more than a year or two or three because it's not sustainable that way. There's not a right way to do this. There is a way to have the impact that we want to have, but there's not a right or wrong way to be a person trying to learn as long as you're trying to learn that's what we always say it's like it's
2: learning you're not failing and i have several teammates because you know i'm at textio language is really important um and as we evolve someone asked they were like sometimes i feel like people aren't talking and i was like just like everyone else we're all scared like we know more than anybody else yes that words can be problematic yes and we've got 30 minutes in this meeting and sometimes it's like uh, uh I don't know what to say. <laughs> right? It's like I have like this rare form of like outburst that just happens. So I'll say it, um, but it's like allowing people to do that. And and, I, and a part of what we teach in diversity and inclusion is that you have to accept somebody else's truth for what it is and then have a discussion around that instead of trying to change them. So if they think, you know, if that's what their vision of the world is, it's like, let's talk about it. Instead of telling somebody they're right or wrong, let's talk more about that. Let's see how we got there. Because a lot of times the journey to how they got there, um, to Katie's point of telling these stories is very insightful. It helps us understand each other and we can connect on a different level. And then it makes more sense than just taking the verb and the noun and freaking out.
1: Right. And decide if that was the right way to say that or not.
0: Yeah. right. Right. But I think that's also with the whole concept of the non binary group of humans that are just like, yeah, I don't want to be a trope. I don't want to be the only I don't want to be what you know, other all of these different things that have happened to groups that are not in the majority, then, you know, I think there is that piece that is, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be party to that conversation because i'm just an individual and i want to tell my story and i want to be me whatever me looks like today tomorrow next month and that evolution that every single one of us is going through but i agree with you jackie wholeheartedly it's like the continuous learning and you know elena you said it too like that continuous learning that all of us should be doing is how we actually can I won't say fix this. I, I think it's more that we can understand this better and and grow from it in a different way than what we have in the past. Do you love
2: news about LinkedIn, indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I do think there's like, it takes a lot of unlearning, and that's the hard part. When you have to start unlearning, you know, like... <laughs> I I guess it was somebody was like I had a friend who was addicted to Diet Coke and then they had to stop drinking Diet Coke because they found out your body responded in such a way that it thought there was sugar in it anyway and you're storing all this fat even though it's sugar-free and it was just like for them it was like like they had to take three days off like just couldn't like felt betrayed and didn't understand and then it's like what else do I not understand right Mm -hmm. and so it's like making sure it's that unlearning of like how can we replace that and so part of the unlearning is to unlearn the hate and try to relearn acceptance um and the celebration and other people's joy because Mm. i I, so many times it's just so like why do you freaking care dude Like, just Mm. if i'm happy let's just celebrate each other's joy instead of trying to be problematic in those moments if we could just listen more than we speak and offer you know offer an ear instead of a criticism, we'd be just far. Is anybody writing this down? This is good stuff. I think we should like turn this into a book. There you sure. go.
1: I would <laughs> that really sparks this this memory in me. I in my life I really look for red flags. I mean I was a person who didn't realize that I was gay until I was 37, right? So there's a lot like a huge part of my mental focus is what else do I not know about myself? <laughs> right and so i look for those like little i call them red flags that pop up that signify to me that oh there's something i got to dig into there's something about me that's that's i need to figure out and so on the beginning of this journey it was after i had come out but not really understood gender inclusion and it was watching rupaul's drag race like that's what my entire community does that's what i should be doing right so i'm turning on rupaul's drag race and it's just making me angry i'm getting angry And gross, and so this is popping up as a red flag to me, so I turn it off and then and i'm spending a few days thinking about what was that what was that what about that made me angry. Because at first my instinct was elena you're not supposed to be angry at drag queens you're lesbian you're on the same team, you need to like shut that down. But luckily i've matured enough to realize it's not about shutting it down it's about finding the source of that Mm -hmm. and it took a while, but I realized what that was was my feeling that people who wanted to perform as drag queens were wanting to pull power from women. Mm. Take visibility from women, take power from women, right? And it wasn't long after that, that I was able to come to a place of no man has ever put on an entire drag persona to take power or money from women. Turns out, turns, <laughs> turns out that's reality. And that's what made me realize like, I was really thinking in binary terms. I was really thinking in men and women. And when I opened that up to, oh, those are both made up concepts, we just grouped characteristics into circles and labeled them male and female. And th- there's actually a whole lot outside of those two circles. That's when I was able to really access, like, now I get it now i get the celebration of the nuance that is drag it's not a power play
2: i mm. i you know and i think about um um Gigi gorgeous that's now Gigi getty or um their story when they like they came out as gay and then they came out in trans as trans and then they started dating a woman and they were like so, I'm a lesbian. And then the person that they married transitioned to being male. And it was like this whole thing, of, like you're saying, like, okay, so this, what I'm feeling right now must be, it has to be something. What are the words? Gay. Okay, I'm gay. Oh, wait. I, why am I attracted to this woman? Oh, I'm a lesbian. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. And then it's like, hold up. No, you are attracted to this person, no matter who they are, you love them. And that's what's happening. And the, I don't know if anybody knows Gigi Gorgeous, but I've been watching Gigi Gorgeous for like 20 freaking stupid years. And so (laughs) for people who are like fans, it was like painful to go along this journey, seeing them struggle through all of these things. And you just wanna hug people. And I think that's what is also so painful. Now we're seeing more people that are non-binary and people want to assign anyway, just based, you know, similarly, like, clay's a model you know like very petite you know has this great hair and gorgeous um and people don't accept them for that and also think about growing up like that and if you i mean it's not just a mom saying that like no truly yeah they are absolutely stunning but then you think through that the whole our whole uh, like having them it's like They shouldn't be in ROTC. They're too pretty to be in ROTC. They're too pretty to do math. They're too pretty to do this. Or you shouldn't be excited about that. Or why do you want to be an NG? Like all of that since like first grade. Oh, you're supposed to be doing this. Like this is what this means. And these are the toys you want to play with. And knowing that, you know, that's another stereotype for another day that we can discuss of what we put on people just because of the way that they look Mm-hmm. or the things that they like makes a full determination. And so I'm just like I said, I think this is a new space. And um, of it's not a new space, but it's an, it's something that we need to consider. Everyone needs to consider and learn. And we always say we're, we're not experts, we're students. Mm-hmm. And the more that we learn, we share as we go through this journey together. And I'm just glad that you're on this journey with us, EJ, Elena Joy, because you bring me joy. <laughs> that's what it
1: is i think one of the huge flags red flags that's showing up for employers right now is bathrooms right like it's this simple thing but it's also an incredibly important thing that you have to have in a workplace is a bathroom Mm -hmm. and but let's take that a step further and say actually what's really needed is a safe place to pee yeah are your bathrooms safe for your employees because it's pretty likely that they're not Right, it can we have non binary and trans people accessing a safe place to pee on a daily basis, and what kind of non binary thinking does it take in order to create that solution. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest those are some the most lawsuits that we're seeing right now, as far as litigation is being based on the harassment that's happening in company bathrooms. It's a fascinating area for people. Oh. to learn.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, that one is obviously that's also being used on the opposite side as a reason to legislate Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: conversations and legislate things about, you know, who can and cannot use certain bathrooms and as we all know, on this call, and we can share it with anyone who doesn't know, there is no known and no reported ever case of someone who is transgender attacking, approaching uh a small child or anyone else in the bathroom. Because to your point, they just want a safe place to pee. Um, okay. So Elena, yes. tell us please, where can folks find you if they want to book you for this talk or any
1: talk for that matter, um, where can they find you? www.elainajoyexperience.com or Ooh, you can find me spicy experience. online. Yes. I, I'm also on Instagram, do a lot of HR stuff on Instagram and do a lot of crazy stuff on TikTok. So if you're in that mode, go there.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm sorry. What Jackie, did you hear that? She's did TikTok. she just say the magic words to me? <laughs> Yay. Um, Jackie and I have a a game we like to play that we yeah. started last week while she was here. Um, <laughs> let's share as many TikTok videos as we yeah. can with each other that like just you know bring yeah. us joy. Um, yes, so yeah, all day. A lot of, of <laughs> animals. It involves a lot of you know just fun did stuff. Did you like all, all see around. JoJo Siwa and
2: what they did this week? Uh, so no, I heard. it. No. I saw it in People Magazine because they weren't
1: invited to the like kids choice. Yeah, the kids choice awards. Yeah, I mean when JoJo came out, I can't tell you the amount of Gen, Gen Z kids that were texting me in tears. Like messaging me saying, "Did you hear? Did you hear it's JoJo? It's JoJo." Like how it impacted Gen Z is beyond me. Yes. And then this week when she debuted that new hairstyle, like JoJo no bow no mole. like what? it is, <laughs> oh, she's stunning. Is there uh, no, well, side no pony? listen I gotta know
0: <laughs> so, yeah you do because yeah that's exactly what and that's what? I was like what happened because I remember seeing something and it was the hair was the and hair. I, blame you, Katie, me I, I blame apologize. you Katie for me not knowing I blame you it's should. okay I am so okay. sorry all right it's so all right. while we're Googling that uh we're also gonna wrap it up Jack yeah what what would you like folks from this episode to know hear remember i need people to know especially doing this work if you're just
2: doing race and and gender please just stop and reprogram because there's so much hate going on right now against the trans community the don't say gay in florida and of course if you live in texas or arizona all the things to hate all the people that we have to look at so it is crisis mode and it's just okay you know we always know that this is happening it's like they just want to pick a group and it's just not cool to pick on this group anymore or this group so let's find a group and it is devastating and so you need to change your programming and you have to vote i know listen it might be a little early but we have midterms coming up and as we're speaking on this we're talking about like gen x we're still like okay nervous ah, okay but then look even younger because the people that we have in place right now are not the ones that are going to be able to support the people in the future so is that one thing it's like 35 things so (laughs) The most important thing right now is change your programming and make sure that you're creating work environments and communities that are safe for these people. And 52,
0: 52 cookies things. Cookies and cream is my
2: favorite. Thank you. Fifty-two, 52. <laughs> cookies and cream. Okay, Elena and Google J- Jody si- Siwa. We
0: already did <laughs> Elena. Elena told us. Well, but that's where you find her. I want to. Um, oh. get the last word on like what? What else would so you want to make sure, folks? Here, I want to make sure you get your last yes. word in.
1: If you are feeling like you can't open your mouth because you don't know what to say without looking like a jerk, ask yourself if your impact is created by binary thinking. And that is how we can move forward by breaking down our binary thinking and focusing on the impact that we're having. It's not you being a jerk. It's about the impact that you're having. Bam. Bam.
0: Mic drop. Booyaka. Um, I'm going to reiterate kind of, well, I'm going to piggyback on both of you. Actually, that's why I like going last kind Cheater! Makes- <laughs> you are a cheater, cheater. <laughs> total cheater. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that you, that kind of, that we've talked about a little bit during this conversation is just the idea of kind of suspending and stepping back from what, you know, and I'm using air quotes to say no, because I think that's really the, bottom line is we think that we know something or that we have an idea of something and taking that breath before you speak pausing and going hey how am i thinking about this is it you know from a very binary perspective pausing and thinking about it and and, and sometimes yes not talking is super okay <laughs> super okay super okay to just be quiet yeah. sometimes that's the other part yeah. that i would also say uh, like I, we just, so we just did an interview, uh, last week and I like after the fact, I was like, wow, I didn't really talk to her that because I was just listening. I literally mm. like had, done, cause I was like, Jackie was going and it was great. And we we're talking to Zach and I just was like, I'm going to sit here and take it all in, which was great for me, Jackie had to do all the work, but it, that's, but yeah it was hard. just
2: one of those moments. It's like, you are invited to a conversation you might not always be privy to. So it's Absolutely. like, let me be respectful of this place
0: absolutely Mm -hmm, and then the second one i'm going to say is also go vote yes midterms are coming quicker than we know and so please 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 go learn about the issues we have had so many anti-trans bills that have been signed in so many states we have so many anti-abortion laws that have been signed or you know things just things are not good in so many places and and to jackie's point we're targeting the most vulnerable groups and we need to stop it. And that is all. Thank you for yes. joining us today. This is Katie Van Horn.
2: And this is Jackie
0: Clayton. Thank you, Elena, for being here. This Thank is the Inclusive AF be. Podcast. Bye bye. <laughs>